0: Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from the book of Esther how powerful Gentiles came to save the Jewish people from destruction and how we as believers need to do the same to save the Jewish people today. This message is available for free download on iTunes or at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go to friendshipwithgod.org with your iPhone, iPad, Android, or smart device. And there on the website, you'll find information on how to add the Friendship with God podcast app on your smart device, all for free. Now, here's Tom Cantor as we finish our study from the book of Esther this Thursday and Friday and next Thursday and Friday.
1: Now, let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you now, Lord, and we pray the prayer of that song that we want to be as men of gladness being led to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, turn, if you would, in your Bibles to Esther, chapter 9. This uh, second to the last chapter in Esther, so don't get your hopes up. Uh, <laughs> because uh, this morning we want to look at one verse in Esther, chapter 9, verse 3. And uh, I'll read that verse if you'd like to follow along. Esther, chapter 9, verse 3. And all the rulers of the provinces... And the lieutenants and the deputies and the officers of the king helped the Jews because the fear of Mordecai fell upon them. You know, it's been some time since we started this uh, study in the book of Exodus, as you very well know, And we've been reveling in the truths that we've learned here about God as we've seen him preserve the Jewish people in a miraculous, astounding way as we've read through this book here during this time of this terrible, united attempt to destroy the Jewish people. And studying this book has been like walking through a field of gems. And so we're walking along and we stop and now and then and we pick up one of those gems and we just admire it and revel in it. And that's the best way word to think about what we're doing here, because in no way have we exhausted all the truths, all the gems that there is here in this book, and we're just going to park here today on this one verse and revel over one of these gems today, but what's happened here in this book is that this is a history of how the life of the Jewish people were preserved, preserved, and that's the word, the Jewish people were preserved, and there's a word that's used in this verse here in Esther 9.3 that describes how, so what? What happened in the book of Esther? They were preserved. How were they preserved? Well, many ways in which they were preserved. But this particular verse focuses our attention on one word where it says that all of the rulers of the provinces, it list these four groups of people, the rulers of the provinces, the lieutenants, the deputies, the officers of the king, they helped the Jews because the fear of Mordecai fell upon him. That's the word. They helped the Jews that's a remarkable scene there as you know from our previous studies here in Esther there were two edicts that were given from the king from the same king with the same authority with the same force to happen on the same day two opposite edicts one edict called for all of the Jewish people to be destroyed on one day the 13th of Adar finally got that date straight I hope if I don't don't tell me Anyway, and there was another edict that called for all the Jewish people to be saved from their enemies on the same day, the 13th of Adar. And all the Jewish people, they were saved. They weren't destroyed on that one day, the 13th of Adar. Why? Because we look at this and we ask this question, Say, why were the Jewish people saved on the 13th of Adar and not destroyed on the 13th of Adar? Because there's two edicts from the same king, the same authority, the same force. One calls for their destruction on the 13th of Adar, the other calls for their salvation or the destruction of their destroyers on the 13th of Adar. So why were they saved and not destroyed? It's because of verse 3. It's because of that one word, a couple of words in there, but first the word that we focus in on is the word all, all in verse 3. That explains why the Jewish people were saved and not destroyed. It was because all the rulers of the provinces and all the lieutenants and all the deputies and all the officers of the king, they all came together to do one thing, help the Jews. They just came out of the woodwork, and it must have been something for them to see this, you know, I don't know if the Jews knew. But then all of a sudden, from this side, we see all the rulers stepping forward. What are they doing? They're stepping forward to help the Jews. And now we look from, from the other side, and we see all of this group coming forward. Who are these? Either all the lieutenants. What are they doing? They're stepping forward to help the Jews. And then from this other side, we see all the deputies. What are they doing? They're coming out to help the Jews. And then who's that? That's all the officers of the king. And they're stepping forward, doing what? To help the Jews. So when you step back and you look at verse 3, we see an amazing sight of four groups of very powerful Gentiles in the kingdom there. All the rulers, all the lieutenants, all the deputies, all the rulers of the king's own officers. And they form this one great Gentile army. And they have one purpose, to help the Jews. They've come out to help the Jews. And it was because of this group of Gentiles that the Jewish people were saved and they weren't destroyed on the 13th of Adar. Had this group been against the Jewish people, not for the Jews, if they were not for the Jews, then the Jews would not have had a chance to survive. The Jews owed their preservation to this group of Gentiles. It saved them by helping them. So in verse 3, it's a very important word when it says that they helped them. As a matter of fact, the Hebrew word used here for help means lifted, lifted up. It's a very graphic word because it means that the Jews were sunken. They were sunken down into a position where they needed help to be lifted up. They couldn't do this alone. They knew they needed help. And this group of these, these Gentiles from these four different classes, they came, they lifted up the Jews This reminds me when my grandson, Jeremy, he was four years old and he was playing at my house. I sort of like it when my grandkids come to my house for about the first 15 minutes. (laughs) Then I think of the poem, I love the lights of Paris, I love the lights of Rome, but the lights I love the most are of my grandkids going home. (laughs) Well, anyway... It's the way it is. All right, so on this day, Jeremy was just, uh, our little grandson, Jeremy, he's just going all over the house, everywhere. And by our front door, we have this large boulder. It's about five feet tall and fairly, has a fairly steep front of it, a front to it. And so Jeremy, he had managed, I don't know how, but he had managed to climb up this boulder, and he, he managed to get himself on the top of this boulder. And then he realized he couldn't get down in this boulder this is a big crisis so you know i'm going around the house on my police routine and i walk by and he looks at me you have to picture the scene nobody is there it's just him desperate on the top of this boulder and me and no one else is there and i walk by and he looks at me and with just about tears in his eyes and his arms outstretched he says to me can you help (laughs) he said (laughs) that really took me back Because my grandkids and me, we all know that when it comes to help, I'm not the go-to person. (laughs) I'm not the go-to person for help. I'm the go-to person for glares, but not for help. And so when Jeremy says to me, can you help, that just took me back. And I thought to myself, he must really be desperate. to ask me, can you help? And it arose some real sympathy in my heart, which was surprising to me, as I looked at this situation. And I wondered, first I looked at it objectively, and I looked at it and I said, why does he need help? The, well, the, I was thinking to myself, well, the rock's five feet tall, so it comes to about here, but this little guy's only about three feet tall. So for him, the boulder's like twice his size, so gonna be the equivalent of me like on a boulder that's 12 feet tall. And so I said to him, sure. And I reached out my arms and Jeremy just fell toward me, and I helped him down. And that was a Kodak moment. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> never happened again. <laughs> so, but with that lift, Jeremy and I reached a new milestone in our relationship together. We had the secret, you know. Grandpa helped me down. And I thought about it. <laughs> and Jeremy just asked me if I would help him as I thought about it. And I helped Jeremy. And when he said, can you help, it was as if the Lord spoke to me at that point, And it was as if the Lord said to me, can you be like Jeremy and say to me, can you help? Can you be like Jeremy and know when you need help? Can you be like Jeremy and lift your arms out to me and say, can you help? Or do you say, I don't need your help. I'm smarter than the average bear. I got myself into this mess. I'll get myself out of this mess. Well, the, the Jewish people in Persia, they knew that they needed help at this time. And the Jewish people watched as this group of Gentiles stepped out to help the Jews. And the Jewish people knew that was God helping them through these Gentiles. But the Jewish people were, they gladly accepted the help of those Gentiles. And the Jews were grateful for the help of those Gentiles who saved them from destruction. And the Jewish people would look back on these Gentiles and say to them, thank God you helped us From being destroyed. Without you, we would have been destroyed. You preserved our lives. You helped to preserve our lives. Now that was not just any group of Gentiles that was a very powerful a very influential group of Gentiles that was a group as we've seen that was a group made up of all the rulers all the lieutenants all the deputies all the officers of the king and they had the power to help and save the Jews from their enemies and that group of powerful Gentiles knew that they had the power to save the Jews from their enemies and that group of powerful Gentiles knew that if they did not use their power to help and save the Jews that very well they may have been destroyed. So that group of Gentiles chose to use their power to help the Jews be safe from their enemies. And because that group of Gentiles saw the Jewish people clearly in their deep distress, and that group of Gentiles was moved with compassion for the Jewish people because they loved the leader of the Jewish people, Mordecai, and because of compassion and love for the people of Mordecai, they stepped over the line from the rest of the Gentiles, in essence said, as they stepped out there to help them, as they said, we are for the Jewish people, say what you want, but we are sticking our neck out to help the Jewish people. We don't have to help the Jews, we've chosen to help the Jews, and they did help the Jews. So just as those powerful Gentiles were in the position to help to save the Jewish people, Gentile believers today are in a very powerful position Compared to Jewish people, lost Jewish people, because Gentile believers have the power for what the Jewish people, the power the Jewish people that do not have. Gentile believers have the power of the gospel, as Paul said in Romans 1:16, when he said, "For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ; it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek." And that book of Romans, in which he wrote that, too, was written to Gentile believers in Rome about the Jewish people. And so Paul told these Gentile believers that the gospel was not to be ashamed of; far from it. But because it's the power of God. And it's the power of God that brings everyone, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, but everyone straight on through to the preservation of life, which is what salvation is. And the power of God is so powerful that it's powerful enough to write across the list of every sin that everybody has done, that each person has done, to write across that's, all those lists of horrible, terrible things that you've thought, and I've thought, and you've done, and I've done, and you've said, and I've said, and it has the power to write across it all, paid in full by the blood of Jesus Christ. How That power, the power of the gospel is so powerful, it's powerful enough to take everyone who believes from a state and a condition of death right into a state of life by being born again. That power is so powerful that it can make everyone who believes to become what they're not one of the sons of God. The power of God is so powerful, it can change a person's eternal destiny from hell to heaven. It can do all that. That's the power. And every Gentile believer has that power. And every lost Jewish person needs that power. But just like those powerful Gentiles in, that, in the Persia there, each Gentile believer today does not have to help. They don't have to help lost Jewish people with the gospel. But some Gentile believers are like those powerful Gentiles who look on the lost state of the Jewish people and have compassion. They have compassion for them. And they love the leader of the Jewish people. Just like those Gentile, Gentile people in Persia, they loved the leader, Mordecai. And so they did it because they loved the leader. They feared the leader. They loved the leader. And so it is today that some Gentiles believer, they love the leader. They love the king of the Jews. They love the Lord Jesus Christ, the leader of the Jews. And because of their love for him, they decided to help the Lord Jesus' desperate Jewish people and bring them the gospel, this powerful gospel. So when the Jewish people throughout Persia, when they looked at those Gentiles coming out to help them, those powerful Gentiles, they saw that they didn't have to stick their necks out to help them, but they did. And when the Jews realized that they did not deserve For those Gentiles to risk their lives, the Jewish people had just one word to describe what they did. And they looked at them and they said, you showed us mercy. Mercy. You showed us mercy. Those Gentiles showed mercy on the Jews. And because those Gentiles had mercy on the Jews, the Jews obtained mercy. The mercy of being preserved for their lives, for their lives to be preserved from their enemies. So the Jewish people could look at those Gentiles and they could say to them the words of Romans 11.31, through your mercy of helping me, I have obtained mercy of being saved from my enemies. And those are the words of Romans 11.31, through your mercy, they also may obtain mercy. And again, that was Paul speaking to the Roman believers about the Jewish people. And he says that through your mercy, Roman believers, he was talking to them. The issue is not if they have the power, they have the power. The issue is whether or not those Gentile believers are going to have mercy on the Jewish people to see them saved. And the record is clear that when the the Jews for Jesus took the survey among the Jewish believers of who was it that brought the gospel to them, who was it that led them to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Jewish believers, the record's clear, Gentiles, Gentile believers, even though it's an organization called the Jews for Jesus. Nevertheless, they were reached by Gentiles, Gentile believers who had the power of the gospel, who endured and who were willing to be, to be treated like the Lord Jesus was. They were despised, rejected by the Jewish people, but they endured for the joy that was set before them, knowing that some of those lost people, some of those lost Jewish people that they speak to, they will believe, they will be saved from their sins, they will be redirected from heaven to hell. They know that. They know that. And so it is through your mercy they may obtain mercy. About a few weeks ago we had lunch with the four uh, Filipino ladies who for the last 12 weeks have been going door to door knocking on about 25,000 doors here in San Diego. And so we asked them, you know, how's it going? How did it go? So I said, let me rephrase that. Would any of you like to make this a life work? They all said no. <laughs> they were very clear about that. <laughs> but they described how they have been rejected and rejected and rejected and, and so forth. And I encouraged them and I said, well, you're Filipino. I said, if it was me out there, it'd be worse for me. So I said, at least for, you know, but they continue to do it. Why? for the joy that was set before them that maybe some of those Jewish people may come to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And just as those Jewish people in Persia knew that it was God who ultimately saved them, but that God used those powerful Gentiles in the process so every believer understands that it was God who saved them. It's God who helped us. Like Jeremy on the rock, we got ourselves in trouble. Like Jeremy on the rock, we realized that we couldn't save ourselves. Like Jeremy on the rock, we realized it was time to stop trying to get off the rock of our troubles by ourselves. And it's time to cry out to God for help. Like Jeremy on the rock, we realized we're too small and we need the help of God. And we lifted our hands up to God and we said, can you help? And God said, I want to be your helper. Like it says in Psalm 28, 7, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in Him, and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoiceth. Like it says in Hebrews 13, 6, So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man will do to me. The Lord is my helper. And the greatest help that God brought to us is described in Isaiah 53 where it says he shall see the travail of his soul. God the Father saw the travail of the soul of the Lord Jesus Christ, was satisfied, and by his knowledge shall my righteous servant, that's a description of the Lord Jesus Christ, righteous servant, justify many. That's what he did. He justified many, for he shall bear their iniquities. That's how he did it. He bore iniquities. And in that verse is that one simple statement that describes the greatest help That God brought to us. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. See, we see those words. By his knowledge. The Lord Jesus Christ helped us by his knowledge. What did he have knowledge of? By his knowledge of what? By his knowledge. What was his knowledge that helped us? By his knowledge refers to how he knew how lost and how desperate we were. When I came across Jeremy, I took a little time and I looked at it and I said, well, I guess he is in pretty bad shape up there. So I got by my knowledge. I understood. He needed help. He was desperate. By God's knowledge, he knows how lost and how desperate we are. Even when we didn't know how lost we were at the cross, he knew that they were not even aware of what they were doing. And so he prays in Luke 23, 34, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. What they do, and they part as raiment and cast lots. Father, forgive them. Father, help them by forgiving them. Help them by forgiving them. By his knowledge means that he knew that we were on our way to hell. We were walking right down the middle of the road to hell. As he said when he used the term all. He uses this term all in Luke Luke 13.3, where he said, I tell you nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. That key to understanding that verse refers, what that verse is referring to, is all tied up in that one word, all. All, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. That's the same all that's referred to in Romans 3.23. For all have sinned, every single one of us in this room. Me? It's not a problem for me to know I've sinned. You? Some of you, I'm not so sure, but it doesn't matter. God says all have sinned. All have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. Wherefore, Romans 5:12, "As by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so sin, and so death passed on all men, for that all have sinned, all have sinned, Death passed on all. When that verse says that death passed on all men, that means that death or eternal death or hell as a destination, passed on all men. Every person on earth got a boarding card that says destination hell. And God wants to take that boarding card and say, have I got an upgrade for you? And change the destination. So, by his knowledge, he knew we all have sinned and fallen short of his requirements to enter heaven. By his knowledge, he knew that. By his knowledge, he knew that we were on our way to an eternity of hopeless suffering in hell. And that knowledge that he had, it drove him to mercy. It drove him to compassion. A little bit of compassion that I felt when I was looking at Jeremy. But it drove God to great compassion, great mercy. It says in Lamentations 3.32, Yet will he have compassion according to the multitude of his mercies. God's mercies are just flowing over. And it's those mercies that cause him to have compassion. We saw the Lord Jesus Christ when he saw the multitudes who came to hear him teach. In the hills of Galilee there. And it says in Mark 8-2, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now been with me three days and have nothing to eat. He had compassion because they were hungry. How much greater compassion did he have when he saw an eternity of suffering in hell and he said, no, I will insert myself and I'll make a difference. By his knowledge means that he knew that God had prepared for him a body to go into earth, to leave heaven, to go into earth with. And he said yes. He made the decision to do it. He chose. He said yes. And he took up residence in that body. And he came, and it says that in Hebrews 10.5. A body hast thou prepared me. By his knowledge means that he not only agreed to accept God sending him into the world, but he also agreed to lay down his life. To save the world. As it says in John 3.16. For God so loved the world. That he gave. And then there's a little parenthesis. We can say. And the son accepted. That he gave his only begotten son. And the son agreed to go. That whosoever believeth in him. Should not perish. But have everlasting life. By his knowledge. Means that he knew. That the father wanted him. To lay down his life. And he agreed to do that. As he says in John 10.15. As the father knoweth me. Even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. What's that mean? It means that he knew the Father wanted him to lay down his life for the sheep. And he says that, I know the Father, so I'll do it. And that was his choice. Then notice the other words in Isaiah 53, 11, where it says, My righteous servant, justify many. And like Jeremy, we lifted up our hands to God knowing that we were ungodly. We needed God to justify us, as it says in Romans 4, 5. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. That's you. That's me. Color us ungodly. And color God the justifier of the ungodly. Faith is counted for righteousness. Like Jeremy, we lifted up our hands and said, Can you help? As we knew that we needed God, and God alone could help us by justifying us. As it says in Romans 8, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's God who justifieth. And just as the Jews in Persia knew that it was God who ultimately helped them, we know that it's God that ultimately helps us, as it says in Psalm 28, 7, the Lord is my strength and my shield, my heart trusted in him and I'm helped. The Lord is my strength and my shield.
0: Thank you for joining Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program today. Now Passover will soon be here in just a few weeks and Tom Cantor has an incredible teaching on the personal relevance of the Passover. It's an insightful DVD message that teaches about the Passover like you've never heard it preached or taught before and only a way that Tom Cantor can do. This exposes the Passover from Exodus chapter 12 and Isaiah 53 in a two-disc DVD production. It's a great gift to give any Christian or unbeliever at Easter and Passover time. And it's a great gift to give a Jewish person who may be searching for the truth and evidence of the scriptures and who the Messiah really is. So call us today with a donation of $20 or more and we'll send you this powerful DVD teaching on the Passover from Tom Cantor. 1-800-247-3051. 1-800-247-3051. Again, that's one 800 247 3051. You can also go to friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. Go to our online bookstore to find this resource. Or again, 1-800-247-3051. Thanks for listening and join us tomorrow.